Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Doesn't even need to be that. Yeah, right about there is fine. Okay. I feel like a real journalist. Yeah. Um, give me your journalist impression. What do you got? You know who to go to. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to this Italian life, Ira Glass. This week on our show, of course, we a theme. We write you different stories on that theme. This week, Diella. What is it about the regional pastry from uh, Gaeta, Italy, that inspires such joy and wonder in the hearts of um, the citizens in the locale of Gaeta? Uh, our first story from contributor David Sedaris as he talks about his childhood interactions with Tiela and what it means to him. That and more when our program continues. Stay with us. My father hated travel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> out of paper, out of stock, there's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly. If your business paper needs or Dundamith, then the people purses paper people. Dundamith, then the people purses paper people. Dundamith, then the people purses paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and insurance agent from Mutual of Harrisburg, Edwin Janes. And with me, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. I'm fine, bitch. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> Welcome to Italy, sir. Mm-hmm. Thank well, you. Welcome to the MSPC Italia. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming to you from uh, Edwin's bedroom slash our kitchen at our apartment <laughs> in Gaeta. Mm-hmm. Uh, the southern province, one of the southern provinces below Rome. Mm-hmm. In Lazio. Lazio, that's what I was looking for. Uh, boy, we've had a great time here. And we thought, you know, we might as well record a little something while we're here. So we're literally recording on our phones. We just moved from our beautiful terrace outside uh, where a local is doing some roof some roof work, maybe? Rooftop construction. Oh, rooftop yeah. construction right yeah. in our we're island. We're going to do, do this outside on the terrace, but uh, yeah. We had a beautiful... We have this amazing little rooftop terrace, and uh, but it is fun. You hear sort of the echoes of uh, Italian conversations and occasionally some Italian construction, uh, which is just as loud as American construction. So we're inside now, mm-hmm. um, but I will say I do miss feeling the Italian sun on my face. Yeah. <laughs> we decided to do a, a little mini-sode here. I traveled down from, uh, from Switzerland to meet Alex um, and Anne here in Italy, in Gaeta, uh, we had a nice couple of days, but wanted to drop a little mini-sode for the tots while Alex is on his mm-hmm. travels. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Sean, of course, is uh, is holding down the fort, defending the realm in Portland, Oregon. What's up, Sean? Um, and uh, he will be with us next time very soon. Uh, he will be on our Patreon mailbag coming out uh, very soon as well mm-hmm. um, for the month of May. But in the meantime, Alex and I are going to talk about the episode Mafia from season six. We were trying to talk, think about what is an Italian spin that we can take on The Office. And I mean, there aren't that many um, things that we can talk about besides Robert California saying something to the effect of... Body has somehow become acclimated to southern Italy. Yes. Isn't, that, isn't that funny? He's never been there. Um, 
that and just broadly speaking, talk about you know restaurants and things like that. But yes. so we're going to be talking about mafia, um, in which Angelo Grotti's Southern Italian heritage uh, raises some red flags for Dwight. Um, the, the other the other tie in is of course Jim and Pam are on their honeymoon during that episode, as are uh, my wife Anne and I. So. There you go. If uh, if you're like, whoa, guys, mafia, just because you're in Italy, come on. You could also say it's because I'm on a honeymoon. That's so. the Coalition for Reason has left the MSPC. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, um, the Italian tie, the honeymoon tie, um, we will dip into the episode Mafia, which first aired October 15th, 2009, directed by David Rogers, written by Greg Daniels, Brenton Forrester, and Ricky Gervais. Um, and this episode comes right at the end of, um, or it comes as Jim and Pam are, are on their honeymoon. So it's just a very different look and feel of the staff. Like you alluded to, Alex, the the, uh, the coalition for reason um, is not nearly as strong as it normally is um, to convince Michael Dwight and Andy that uh, John Grotti is not a member of the mafia um, in southern Pennsylvania, or in, or, or in Pennsylvania, let's say. Why would a mobster change his name from Grotti to Grotti? It weakens it. Yeah. Uh, but let's start with the cold open. Yeah. In which... Michael is trying to tell everyone about the fundamentals of business because uh, you're going to be mental if you, if you don't enjoy it. Um, and Toby points out that fun is in the name and just gets summarily dismissed. Get out. Um, yeah. Yeah. On his way. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. well on his way. He's already and out of the chair. I, I love that everyone's like, oh, yeah, fun. Huh? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> One of the collective. Uh, there's a few times in the show where Toby says something and everyone's like, oh, Toby, nice. Yeah, good win. Much yeah. to Michael's ire. Yeah. Um, but this kicks off the, uh, you know, uh, all of this leads to, um, well, I don't, we learned we learned several things about several characters in this cold open. Uh, number one, I would say for me, Meredith, uh, finding her son, Jake, doing an upper decker, calls it an upper decker. Um, he teaches them how to do a handshake. Yeah, it's a new, inc- a new inclusion for the super fan cut. We should mention we did watch the super fan cut. On yes, Peacock. of course. Um, so we'll be talking about some of those new additions to the to the episode. Um, but yeah. Th- thumbs over each other's hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, brings Oscar up. You got to you got to imagine Oscar had some flashbacks. He's like, I I don't enjoy it, Michael. When you pull me up in front at these meetings, it hasn't gone well in yeah. the past. Initiate physical contact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, don't do it, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, pretty unnecessary, but very funny to watch the everyone initiating handshakes to try it out. <laughs> try it out. My favorite one was Kevin and Angela. <laughs> Kevin sometimes puts his tongue out when he's really trying something. He kind of does this and he looks very pleased with himself that he did it right. There. I tried. I did it. Yeah. Um, yeah, little, little extra bits in there in this cold open. Um, you know, Meredith comes up for small talk um, and, and Michael sort of gets to a point where he's like, I could fill a book with everything you guys don't know about business to which Ryan responds. Then do it. Write a book. Um, great cut from just that to Michael in his office with the tape recorder. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the businessman. Amazingly long pause before we cut <laughs> to the opening credits. There's something there, too, with um well, I mean, one, later in the season, we have the Happy Hour episode mm-hmm. where Michael meets Donna and talks about having written the book all completely in his head. Um, but also reminds me a little bit of when Angela, when, when uh, Kevin is standing up in front of everyone, he's like, everyone is listening to me. Yeah. And they're like, you have to have something to say. <laughs> you can't just talk. And, and that's like Michael with the tape recorder. The tape recorder is kind of saying, you got to have something to hey, say, man. Yeah. You're going to use me. Yeah. 
Everyone likes the person who gives them a stick of gum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is also when we get the, uh, he's, you know, more copies sold than the Bible. I'm not surprised. Yeah. It's uh, of our Instagram page. You can follow us at Instagram.com slash Michael Scott Podcast Company at Michael Scott Podcast Company. Uh, into the episode we go here, uh, in which Angelo Grotti, uh, it shows up, he's on the couch, he's at, he's at reception waiting for Michael. Um, yet another episode starting with just Michael coming through the door and something happens. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of course, despite, um, what Michael wants, which is, you know, Pam not to put anything on Michael's calendar cause he has his, uh, creative time and then creative space and free play and free play, which he pushes to the following morning, uh, to meet with Grotti. In a conference room. This kicks off uh, in the extended cut. This is a bad day for Aaron. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is the first of a few things that go wrong for Aaron in this episode, which is Michael gets upset about the fact that she's, she's supposed to be the gatekeeper. Correct. Um, in this episode, we'll get to the other Aaron moments a little later, but it does kind of paint her in Pam's shadow. And so not a great start for our girl Aaron, um, at least in the eyes of Michael. Uh, let's say who looks at a she looks at a very open calendar and does not realize she has to gatekeep it um michael invites angelo into the conference room he plans to show him a finished sausage and uh then uh they have the conversation in which um angelo grotti is such a funny unique character in that like his line delivery is so kind of um his sales delivery let's say is so kind of acted it feels scripted. Yeah, that's the whole point of it is that, like, you know, Michael compares it to he's a good salesman who has to listen to a bad salesman, like a bad basketball player, or a good list, right. bad basketball player listening to a bad basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just, it's it's very funny how kind of robotic, let's say, the line delivery is from Angelo Grotti. Like, it's not very convincing. It doesn't really take them along the journey. Um, and then he leaves. Um, and afterwards, there's this intense discussion about. John, uh, uh, last name Grotti versus Gotti. Um, Dwight talks about the R being the most menacing of sounds. The muck duck line, of course. Mice murder and not muck duck. There is an amazing inclusion um, in the Superfan episode of Phyllis, who says that um, that's true, money has to be laundered. Uh, Bob's been accused of it many times, even though he's running a legitimate business because the FBI is jealous of his success. <laughs> I love, I love that Phil is parroting something Bob has said at home. Yeah. Uh, just the more details we learn about uh, Phyllis and Bob, the more interesting they It kind of leads to, I think we talked about recently, like whether or not there's, you know, Phyllis and Bob doing something on the side or Bob's got some kind of thing cooking, um, cooking in those fridges. <laughs> and uh, I think may- maybe this, this adds a bit of fuel to the fire. This is maybe the most incriminating thing. It really is. Yeah. That and the admission that they, they hit an ostrich once wearing a soccer uniform. Um, t- let's talk about Grady a little bit because he, this is uh, Mike Starr is the name of this actor who has been, he was in Goodfellas, mm-hmm. um, but not a lot of other movies that you're going to recognize. Um, but he does, he plays the part. He's actually, <laughs> I did look at his IMDb. He's in a movie called 2008 called Asabuco, which is a murder mystery, <laughs> which we probably should see at some point. The Asabuco uh, needs to simmer for a very long time. It's, it's very normal close. to not, yeah, not, yeah. To not start eating till well after midnight. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, physically his presence in the office, like he's a big guy. A big guy. Uh, the, the casting was very good on this. He's got some rings on mm-hmm. that I really like. The way he kind of points, he has a very specific, the way he points and talks to Michael. And, and he physically kind of beats Michael um, throughout this whole episode. 
Um, but that first conversation they have in the conference room, Michael's, Michael's, I mean, even does the feigning pistol in the mouth. Like he's, he's, oh yeah, oh really? Um, while Grady does give kind of a scripted pitch, it definitely feels like about, uh, you know, God forbid something happens. Your small um, or large business is covered in the event of a loss. Yeah, it's it's very it's it's reads like a flyer uh, that you would you know slip in a door doing door to door sales, and he, it, you know, the meeting goes it kind of ends with the coat rack falling over. Throughout this meeting, we're seeing also Andy and Dwight, uh, kind of m- mainly Andy nervously keeps sort of looking at Grotty, which he's been doing from the beginning. There's an element, too, of Grotty, this physicality of, like, I think uh, you make a good point about, like, how he's a big guy. He's bigger than Dwight, let's say, mm-hmm. which I think is important because Randall Wilson, also a bigger guy. Um, or we've talked about the physicality of Jim and Dwight and how they kind of oppose each other and mm-hmm. how that's their similar heights, let's say. And Grotty does seem a little bit bigger than Dwight. Um, yes. And so, like, there's a physicality element there. And he also kind of pulls the coat rack down and says, would you look at that, people? What an unpredictable world we live in. Do you think, you think that was an intentional pull-down? Uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I mean... Maybe Aaron had an umbrella handle. Happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> happens all the time in this unpredictable world of ours. Right. That a huge... Per- or that he can't just... Um, that he can't just take his coat off a coat rack. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Again, very performative. Yes. Very uh, performative. But, you know, the whole point is, like, Michael doesn't agree to anything. And he kind of... Leaves and Michael's like, oh, it's just a guy trying to sell me insurance. Mm-hmm. Only then do uh, does he get sort of Dwight and and Andy on his shoulder. We get also in the super fan cut. You get a lot more little talking heads from Dwight that kind of shade in his character mm-hmm. a little bit. He says, "There's one thing you don't know about me. I hate the mafia." Who could have guessed? Which is a little a little uh, on the nose, I guess, or a little um, expo- uh, expository mm-hmm. in terms of exposition. And like, there's also. Um, Dwight and Andy kind of being portrayed as these opposite sort of Andy thinks he should give in and mm-hmm. and not stand up and Dwight um, wants him to fight back and fight crime. Yes. Um, and so they're kind of in these opposite sides as well. And so they have to kind of figure out what to do. But they both agree that Grotty is probably in the mob. Fully embracing their characters where is um, Andy proud to tuck his tail and run? Um, you know, like, post post dual Andy for sure. Post dual Andy, yeah. Um, who's who's you know very good at that. Uh, he, he's he's a survivor in that way, and Dwight goes the other way. But yeah, the it's funny because Michael is initially just like no, like he's not. Why would you think he's in the mob? Um, even Oscar, not all Italian Americans are in the mob. Mm-hmm. And Dwight says, "Look at all the facts. It seems like he's in the mob. It seems like he's a mobster. Yeah, yeah. Um, but." You know, Michael is certainly no, um, he's not necessarily a brick wall with his opinions and how he feels. He's easily persuaded one way or the other. But they do both agree that he is in the mob. It's just, what do they do now? Well, and it's funny because Andy is like so non-confrontational and like you just go along with it. Dwight says, no, the only way to stop a bully is stand up to them. I should know I've bullied a lot of people. Um, And that, uh, I mean, that's a quote from a different episode, but um, that like is... uh, his his mo is like being it's confrontation versus non confrontation, but either way they have to they, they can't avoid this particular situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they decide they need to uh, go and um, meet Grotty in a public place. We should talk about I think the B storyline in this episode, which is Kevin. Oh yeah, Kevin's taking up residency in Jim's office initially um, to fart. Yeah, 
And the the super fan cut up uh, places a great scene where Angela is looking longingly into the into the office while Kevin's phone is ringing, and Oscar says, "You should have thought of it. It could have been yours if you'd thought of it." And she said, "I did think of it. I just didn't act on it." Um, and yeah, we just have Kevin in there doing sit ups, eating M and M's, yeah, talking about how his place sucks. Going through Jim's paperwork. Yeah, and then um, that kind of sets the stage for eventually they get a call. Uh, Kevin gets a call um, from uh, Jim at Capital One. Yes. And uh, by confirming Jim's address and last four of his social, he uh, accidentally cancels Jim's credit cards. You are not in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Uh, I think we should let the criminals... Yes, I am. A little more. Very funny, sir. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that does pull Jim and Pam into this episode, uh, who then field calls from several members of the office Mm -hmm. throughout this episode. Um, The Coalition of Reason, Oscar, he needs to to rope them in. He gets a call from Aaron. He gets Mm -hmm. a call from Kevin. And speaking of Aaron, uh, the other kind of, I guess, this is a C storyline that got pretty much edited out in the final cut. Yes. Basically, Aaron uh, goes from... Um, Michael is upset with her for not being the gatekeeper and then she's talking to Stanley and, and Meredith Meredith is eating brisket for breakfast she says it's gonna go rotten gotta wolf it down uh, and Aaron's like Aaron talks about wow Pam sure got a lot of time for her vacation right and, they, and they're like and, they, and Stanley and Meredith both take it as like she's really back, talking about bad behind Pam's back backstabbing a pregnant woman <laughs> and she says, no, I just, it's nice that she gets this time plus her maternity leave. Yeah. Like, and, and, uh, teacher, teacher, Pam's not in class. Like, they, they give Aaron a really hard time about it. And it's funny because Aaron is so Aaron that right. she's trying to say something nice and everybody's taking it a different way. It's- oh, I took it as she's just like, she's trying to make people like her by not liking Pam. Oh. Because I think that's whole, that's to me where, we kind of get to with her whole storyline is when she calls Pam eventually, it's like, I resent you. Ah, I can't believe I said that. Where she is kind of like, she just wants people to forget about Pam or like stop being in Pam's shadow. And maybe if they don't uh-huh. like Pam, they'll like her. Mm-hmm. Um, almost of this, all of this is in Aaron's head. I guess that's true because Mer- there's there's some uh, credence to that because Meredith says, get over it. You're never going to be Pam. We're always going <laughs> to like so her more hard. than you. Yeah. Just- Again, just just taking more and more hits. I kind of think that Aaron only resents Pam because people are always comparing them, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then you know, following this, Toby walks up to confront Aaron at the desk, and he says, "You know, it's really not appropriate to comment on other people's vacation days." And she's like, "Pam and I barely talk." Aaron. And, yeah. To- Toby like exclaims the most he can. This yeah. Is, we've mostly we've ever seen Toby put his foot down with someone. Aaron. Aaron. Are we clear? Yeah. And I, I used exclaim, I think, very strategically because Toby doesn't yell. Correct. Similar to the way that Jim doesn't yell. Yes. Um, unless it's apple picking day. Perfect end to a perfect day. Hey, the car's over here. You know. Or Toby exclaiming, does anyone have a camera here? No one has a camera does here. Does have a camera here? <laughs> <laughs> we got some drops. Yeah. Layer, layer in the drops. Let, let, uh, let those bad boys fly. Toby's so often on the wrong side of that. It's very funny to see him there. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, the one person that he's going to like be strict with from an HR perspective is Aaron of all people. Yeah. You know. Um, and Pam's come, Pam has come back. I mean, this is post Michael Scott podcast company. So Pam is back in sales. Like right. Pam is not like 
in res- it's not like Aaron is filling in for Pam while she's gone. At this point in the office, both Jim and Pam are wearing jackets to work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're in their jacket phase. They're in the jacket arc, yeah. Um so that I mean that's pretty much all that happens with Aaron is she's just trying to get them to mm-hmm. like her and eventually she is one of the people that calls Pam. Um, and then she says, I, I, "When you get back, I would love to take you out to lunch and pick your brand about the job." And Pam says, "Fine." Very Kelly energy on. It's a date. Yeah. 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 Uh, right as she hangs up. Mm-hmm. Um, th- throughout this as well, they uh, Jim and Pam take a call from Oscar. Kind of a surprise that Oscar calls them. You'd think he'd have a little more, let's say, reason. Mm-hmm. Um, to do that and I also don't get it's like he calls them to be like what how would you handle this situation Mm -hmm. like what would you say to Michael or do yeah which we then get to see later when Michael calls them and Jim does uh, a great bit of acting on the phone I mean not great acting but great for Michael Mm -hmm. uh, which he just throws out Bermuda Triangle when uh, please don't call again (laughs) please don't call again (laughs) yeah And, uh, uh, and then you'll be saved but going back to what you, you kind of said this at the top of like an episode without Jim and Pam, uh, this is hard to do because they've always had one of them there at least. I'm obviously Pam went to art school, um, but having both of them not there, we kind of get some early shades of like how are we gonna, how's the show gonna be uh, in eight and nine without like a central character like mm. Michael, and in this case it's Jim and Pam. And it's funny because they still are a big piece of this episode. Like we still hear from each of them several times, albeit just through a phone. Um, I'm glad to see that the the crew did not send a cameraman with them on their honeymoon because <laughs> uh, they send them everywhere else, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one, a funny detail of that, though, is uh, when Michael does call them, and he's like, how did you get this for a catamaran? And Michael tells him, oh, it was, <laughs> it was hard. It was very difficult. Uh, but I had to tell them about a, a massive coronary because your dad mentioned a bad heart. Yeah, yeah. Jim does all of that, and it's clearly a landline hanging up mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. So they're clearly not on yeah. the catamaran like on a cell phone, which, yeah. which is funny. Foley noises, the satisfying click, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, poor Jim and Pam, just trying to have their... Oh, Frank and Beans must have been pissed, too, that he kept, <laughs> they kept taking yeah, calls. Frank and Benny, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's interesting, because, I mean, you imagine, like, if Jim and Pam are there, they're like, whoa, 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 Michael, Dwight, you don't actually... Like, you could imagine them talking Michael out of this or talking them down sure. or something. Or Jim kind of... Um, What's the word? Kind of deflating the tension by making fun of Dwight and Andy in the moment. Yeah. Um, and like Jim could come off the top rope with advice that Michael would probably listen to the most. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim would just be like, no, Michael. Or maybe I could also see a world where Jim is bored and fans the flames mm-hmm. with Michael. And it's yeah. like, that guy's definitely a mobster. Um, yeah. Well, and then, I mean, without, again, without this check and balance, um, Jim, or excuse me, Andy and Dwight talk to Michael about what his plan of action is. Michael looks longingly out the window. And they realize that they need to be grotty in a public place. So they go out, for, they take him for lunch. Um, Michael says, I can't do this on my own. And Andy says, well, you're going to have to. And Dwight says, we'll be right by your side. <laughs> like the perfect sort of, uh, I love the, like they're not angel and the devil on Michael's shoulders, but they are uh, to, um, to, well, I guess nice. they're that one jackass, that other jackass, and that new <laughs> yes. jackass, to quote Bob Vance. Um, so the, the three of them. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. We'll yeah, say, Tweedledee and Tweedledumass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then they go to, to meet Grotty for lunch. I, I read a little fun fact is that in the background you can see there's a Habit Grill in the background of the shot, which is like only a chain in California. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 
funny. Yeah. Shout out to the Habit Grill in California. Also, shout out to Andy showing up in the mechanics jumpsuit as Pat. Um, maybe my favorite moment of this episode. As they're walking in, and he's, should I change? Like, he has this, like, I don't, and then you're wearing loafers at the same time. <laughs> and the shot, <laughs> the physical comedy of wearing a mechanics jumpsuit with, with loafers. loafers. And on the back, it says location auto repair. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's Pat? Yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, an attire wrench just hold, just holding the loose one mm-hmm. on his way to uh, lunch. Well, and then Grady comes in and makes power move. Yes. Uh, are we going to sit here? No, waitress. We're going to sit over here. That's, right. that's fine. Um, that's right out of Michael's Wikipedia article. Mm-hmm. Yeah, change, change the location. location. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, also, Grady would have seen Andy in the office. Yeah. Like he was just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but he does call him Pat. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> What's and wrong, they, Pat? They just get introduced as my associates. Yeah, it's Hello. like, oh, yeah. that makes sense. And then, um, you know, Grady has his line about. Uh, Linguini red sauce on the side if the sauce is on top of us, send, send it back. back. And garlic bread, toasted, not burnt. Yeah. If it's burnt, I send, send it back. back. And she's the waitress like, okay, sure. sure. And uh, Michael, where's the gabagool? The gabagool. Yep. A little uh, Sopranos action. Yeah. And uh, Which is just like a, that's just like a slang for type of salami, right? Capicola. Capicola. Okay, yeah. So yeah, type of, yeah. Right. Um, um, or like, it's like, um. I mean, slang, I, I suppose, is correct, but it's like the regional thing that has evolved into, you know. Capicola. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, or the, it's not a dialect, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. like a, I don't know, that Italian American, I mean, I'm not super familiar because, you know, yeah. we're, we're from the West Coast, but Italian Americans on the East Coast with like specific ways of speaking or calling certain mm-hmm. things. Um, I'm sure a listener maybe will, can, can uh, oh, yeah. set us straight on this. I had my, I had a Capicola sandwich today. We yeah. were out about, we almost stopped at a place. Mm-hmm. Are there, I wonder if there are others besides Gabagool. Mm. I mean that was obviously became because of the Sopranos, but like right. mozzarella, right? Mozzarella. I mean, it seems yeah. like another one that's totally. an East Coast only kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I love that Dwight's response is "Bring him the gabagool," <laughs> <laughs> like just just double down with authority. There, there's no like realization. And Andy just says, "You know, gabagool." Yeah, right. Bring him the gabagool. Right. <laughs> looks confused. Yeah. The server is just like, I, we don't have that. I don't know what you're talking about. And then in the extended cup, Andy says, I'll have an egg salad sandwich on white bread with Lowry salt. The waitress, <laughs> Lowry says, salt. The waitress says, did you see that on our menu? No. <laughs> Lowry salt. Like they're great. all trying to make power moves. Michael talks about the side salad. If the salad is on top, I send it back. Yeah, right. Um, and then Andy gets removed from the situation because they ask him, uh, these ladies, or this mom and her uh, son, mm-hmm. ask uh, Andy to come help. And Grady says, damn, in distress, go! Lady, go! lady in distress, yeah. Oh, yeah, lady in distress, go! Yeah. We were watching this together. Aren't and you was, a mechanic? That was... I'm sure he can handle a simple jump start. Yeah. I said this when we were watching the episode, but that's such an earworm for me. The way like, lady in distress, go! Yeah. And there's a very oh, specific yeah. tone to his voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you okay, Pat? <laughs> I think it's like throughout this, like, Grady's just a nice, he's just a pretty nice yeah, guy. Just, yeah. You okay, Pat? Mm-hmm. Um, we talked today, uh, uh, it, not a related topic, but like how to be able to just kind of say, Thank you, I am not interested. Yes. Is like, is something where you can kind of stop the whole chain of sales and persistence. And yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. Grady talks about being very persistent. I can be know? very persistent. 
um, but then, yeah, it just, uh, he also does the thing where he talks about, like, he talks about, bam, with the table and, like, how yeah. the world is unpredictable. And he's like, Michael, I'm sure we can find a plan for you. And how about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's just, he's just selling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I love his examples that Grani gives, too. He's like, fire in the warehouse, car, road, a car runs off, the truck runs off the road. Mm-hmm. He says that back at the office, but it keeps coming up throughout the episode. And this is just a funny, like, like he just did mention things that, you could totally see in a mobster movie. Mm-hmm. If someone sets a fire, a uh, car, a truck goes missing, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and they I'll keep running the with it. Truck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so Pat goes out, helps the helps the lady in distress by, well, in his estimation, totaling her car. Mm-hmm. Uh, just trying to do you a jump a start. Blown spark tube. Yeah, she can take it. I only work on motorcycles. You could take it to my guy. He's great. Just walks, loafs away in his loafers. The kid says he seems <laughs> bad at this. You want to do this, Junior? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's just an old lady. There's this old lady who doesn't say anything. Who just walks up behind him and is just staring. It's so. Fu- it's such a funny little scene. Yeah, and then you know, he's, and Grady says, "Now where were we?" And uh, it's like he was. He was forcing you to buy a policy. He was forcing you to choose a plan. Yeah. Michael signs, and they walk out, and he's like, I just need a little more time. You had an hour. You <laughs> for an hour. Yeah. Uh, it's just the price of a cup of coffee an hour. Um, <laughs> this is so much. much. money, yeah. yeah. Which he then, you know, says later, he's like, I, on my salary, I can't afford this. Um, which is weird. So he's paying a company, he's paying for a company policy out of pocket? I don't know. Yeah, it Or is it for, specifically for business managers? Or for him? Yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I'm not clear on the sense. insurance here. Because yeah. he's not selling it to Dunder Mifflin. He's selling it to Michael Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's some it's supplemental coverage, I guess, mm-hmm. which which Michael would be covered in a way that Dunder Mifflin wouldn't. It doesn't make any sense, but mm-hmm. here they are. I mean, and Oscar kind of tells him, uh, accounting-wise, like, is there, Michael says, is there anything I can do? And accounting-wise, and Oscar says, accounting-wise, no, but just call him up and Phone-wise, cancel. Yeah, yeah, call him up and cancel. Uh, and he goes, is there any, how about this cash for clunkers thing? <laughs> Oscars, no. It's one of my favorite all-time Michael suggestions, yeah. cash for clunkers, to save him on an insurance. And the way he walks out of the kitchen. Um, but then, yeah, now Michael's in a tailspin, and I think Dwight and, and Andy kind of see the see what they've done here. And another great scene where they decide we need to... <laughs> my, Dwight lists up all these things about Michael's, like, broke, dead-end job, no, no friends, friends, living in fear... Some of that existed before. Well, living in fear is new. Yeah. Um, what if there was a way that Michael would feel no fear? And when they go in to tell him that Grady's not in the mafia, the, Michael's just sitting in his chair, looking out the looking out at the parking lot, dealing dealing with some heavy thoughts. And he goes, "No, he's too he's, good. He's too good. <laughs> he's not yeah, in the yeah. mafia. No, yeah, he's too good." And then, yeah, they, they come up with the scenario where Andy's buddy who's a fed looks sure. into Grotty. He's clean. And then Dwight's got an old friend on the force, ran his fed friend up the flagpole, <laughs> make sure he wasn't on the take. <laughs> Turns out he's a, he's a sweetheart, sweetest guy on the force, real Boy Scout. And then one of my favorite sort of inclusions in the Superfan cut is Dwight talking about how he doesn't like Boy Scouts. Yeah. Um, he says uh, merit badges for what you can do. That just tells me what you can't do. Now, yeah. a Navy SEAL, one of them could take out a fleet of Boy Scouts. There's your merit badge. I, that's, that, like, is an early office type of joke. That is, like, that is an early one. office, Dwight talking head. Yeah. I really wish they had kept that in because I, I find that so funny. Yeah. Uh, eventually, they do convince Michael to to call him up 
uh, and and cancel the deal. And Michael goes a little too far. You know, the only one who's going to need insurance is you if you show your face around here again. Mm-hmm. And I do like in the background, they're like, whoa, all right, calm down, Michael. Yeah. Um, I, th- th- I thought you'd be pleased. I thought you'd be pleased. And the paperwork I, I, and I love when he goes, listen, Michael, when we all calm down, if there's a point in the future where you think maybe you can give me a call back, Michael just says, doubt it. And doubt then hangs it. up the phone. And yeah. they're, so, they're thrilled by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then tell him that that was the mafia. Mm-hmm. Um, I should be mad at you guys, but I'm not. And then, I mean, you get to the retelling of from Michael's point of view, vantage point. Not today, Grotty. Not tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. like, it went down something like that. Yeah. Not that many episodes removed from Michael's quitting story. Yeah. At the end of season five, too. Very similar situation. Well, and, uh, and then he says to Aaron, like, Aaron, coffee? Black? Nope. Not from the kitchen. Stop and yeah. shop. Large. Yeah. If it's medium, I send it back. If it's extra large, I send it back. How do you return coffee? And then we get a tag on the episode, which we don't see in the original mm-hmm. cut, which is just... Uh, Grotti introducing himself to the camera crew, you know, almost doing a, t- doing a, a name tag. My name like, is Angelo Grotti from Mutual of Harrisburg. We offer fire, fire, <laughs> flood, auto, <laughs> life, and umbrella. Mutual of Harrisburg. To be clear, Michael talked out an insurance salesman from Mutual yeah. of Harrisburg. Yeah. Oscar, Oscar chimes in during Michael's yeah. retelling. And, and Dwight says... Uh, is that more likely than a mafia, than someone from the mob walking into a paper company for a low-level shakedown? And that happened. That happened. And then the other thing that happens is that we get as an inclusion in the Superfan cut is Kevin, who says, um, yeah. I felt bad for what happened with Jim and Pam. So I sent that Pam a box of laundry with the no- laundry with a note that said, from an old friend. I'm pretty sure she'll know what that means. <laughs> such a good joke. Yeah. It's such a great little joke. I also wish they'd kept that in there. It could only be you. <laughs> <laughs> from an old friend. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think we've covered most of this episode. I guess, like, yeah. any big takeaways, things that you want, like... Any uh, super fan inclusions or things that you wish they could have done more of, or what? Any, any anything closing thoughts on this episode? Well, I mean, you no, know, we hit all the we hit most of the included stuff, um, which I really liked. I think the uh, the Aaron episode, the Aaron's one, kind of bummed me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see why they cut it. Was it totally necessary? I think mm-hmm. at this point, Aaron Aaron was already Aaron has enough things she's dealing with, and I, she, I think they get her her reverence of Pam in in other ways. Um, I would have liked to seen their their date when they got back. That would have been funny mm-hmm. uh, later in the season. Yeah, I d- don't think we needed that. I did enjoy seeing it. I think this this is generally a pretty poorly reviewed yeah. episode. Like people don't like this episode, and maybe it's because Jim and Pam aren't there. It feels weird. Mm-hmm. There's a guest star in it who's not really a star. Like they could have got a lot of people to do that role, and they mm-hmm. kind of went with someone who just fit the role well like just straight out of casting that's um, true although i don't know i mean yeah you wonder if like i don't know like i don't know if like a celebrity cameo would have been that much more impactful you know sure i guess so tom but... hanks is <laughs> <laughs> it's grotty yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's me grotty yeah Conan o'brien yeah yeah Conan i don't know brian i don't I, yeah I, don't, I mean I, I guess i can see why it's it's definitely you know, it's there's not a lot going on in it. It's it does feel very early office, but it's not quite executed the same way. Again, probably because Jim and Pam aren't there. Um, but I do think they're they do have to fill that void with some of the other characters in this episode. And mm-hmm. so 
I think they're still kind of figuring that part out, you know, including Kevin Moore. The, the, a lot of the writing, a lot of the jokes are really good in this episode. I really yeah. like it. I love, I loved everything with getting the credit card canceled, the way it happens in front of Kevin. Um, and then just sort of like, you know, there's this whole other episode with Jim and Pam going on, trying to figure out their credit card, taking calls, it seems, every couple hours from someone at the office who keep discovering their number somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy the structure and the writing of the episode. Um, yeah, why why do you think this episode isn't isn't well received by by a lot of people? I think well, it comes right after Niagara, which sure. is like a very meaningful episode within the office. Jim and mm-hmm. Pam's wedding after all this time, and then you get kind of big this, budget episodes. Yeah, I mean, we talked about uh, how Mindy Kaling maybe, and I wonder if maybe this is a thing where it's like you go from a big set piece, external episode, something that it has to take place more within the confines of the office, and I think. This episode kind of struggles with calibration because Jim and Pam are gone a little bit. Mm. And it's like so Michael Dwight Andy craziness, like in terms of like the way their thoughts spiral out of a muck yep. really, really quickly without yeah. a check and balance. And Oscar isn't really able to step in in that kind of way. I think maybe that's a bit of the thing. Like it might seem a little like um, flimsy, I guess, mm. from a plot thing. Like Michael really thinks he's being shaken down by the mafia, you know? Right. Um, um, that said, this episode is fine. It doesn't bother me that much. Sure. I, I don't like, it doesn't stand out as like a particularly poor episode or anything. It's not yeah. my favorite. I think in season six, there are much bigger hits, but it's funny. It has some great laughs. I think the super fan cut added so much to it. Like, mm. I think they had to trim out a lot for plot and to keep the episode brisk and moving and stuff. Brisk. Like it's, yeah, yeah. Gotta wolf it, gotta wolf it down. It's gonna go rotten. Um, rotten. Yeah. yeah. Also, like wolfing down brisket at lunch. Yeah. In the morning, no, for breakfast. Or for breakfast. Oh, yeah. God, just heartburn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this episode is totally fine. And uh, I'm glad that we got to dip into it a little bit um, for. Uh, for our little trip to Italy, yeah, and uh, on, for the honeymoon as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't this nice, uh, Alex's romantic honeymoon? And like, I'm there. That's, that's a dream. Yeah, Wouldn't I've been, I've been, way. I've been joking with them. It's like you guys come out to Europe, you can have a romantic evening under the stars, and I'm there. <laughs> I'm there too. Yeah, yeah. Last night, Edwin and I split a bottle of wine on the rooftop that's when right. I was yeah, too was, tired. It was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is beautiful here. I don't know if we want to talk about that. Or yeah, like, do you have any other closing thoughts on no, Mafia? No, that's all. I mean, I think we yeah. covered it and we can talk a little bit. I'm curious. What do you think about Mafia? Send us uh, your yeah. questions, comments, thoughts, ideas, Big Mac ideas, um, golden ticket ideas. Yes. Um, to uh, either our email, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. Or, uh, that's the best way to reach us. Yeah. Um, or uh, via Patreon. You can get questions in for the Patreon mailbag. That will be coming up very, very soon. Oh, yeah. So don't forget up. about that. Um, but I guess... Want to talk about Italy a little bit? Little Italy, or the maybe. rest of your normal your uh, your uh, your travel? Yeah, sure. I mean, we did a uh, yeah. We we went through Norway. I could I'll say some of it for um, we, I could talk about it later at some point. I'm sure. sure. But yeah, we we had a really wonderful time in Norway. A very different than Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say since we've it's also much sunnier here, much warmer. We had a little beach day today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been eating a lot of food. I could even I feel like we haven't even hit. Like, I haven't even been uncomfortably full yet, and I want to change that hopefully tonight. Mm-hmm. Maybe get a little pizza after this, wash it down with some dinner, mm-hmm. a little gelato. The beach day was really nice. All I've ever wanted to do is lie on the beach and eat hot dogs. That's so, what we did today. Yeah. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Italian beach. Um, uh, this, this town we're in, Gaeta, is really, really old. There's a church here built in, like, the 1300s, mm-hmm. um, several churches around, and there's a whole medieval district of, uh, of here. And it's a cool spot if... 
anyone traveling in Italy recommend coming here because it's I think it's a um, traveling or vacation spot for Italians, mm -hmm. but not really like other tourists. Like we're not seeing a ton of people like us around who are just yeah. touring around. Americanos. Um, Americanos. Uh, highlight of the trip. First morning, Edward and I went out for coffee. I ordered a latte. <laughs> Uh, and over here, that's just a big latte cup. Latte translates to milk, right? It's just a cup of milk. I saw it on the menu. It's It was like it was like espresso, cappuccino, latte. latte. Fuck me, right? I ordered one. And, and I, I, ordered a, I ordered a cappuccino. We got some pastries. We were walking back and uh, to bring back. And, and Alex takes a sip and he turns to me and he says, I think this is just milk. <laughs> milk and sugar every morning. Latte, cafe con latte. But no, just, just a lot. Yeah, just... milk and sugar. <laughs> Felt like I felt like uh, Pam in that van sipping Michael's drink. Mm -hmm. uh, that was so it was just hot steamed milk in a cup. Mm -hmm. I'll say though, the guy who ordered it from just took it. There was no like, really, you want, just want some milk? Mm -hmm. He was like, latte, no problem, coming up. Yeah, you got it, <laughs> you got yeah. it bud. Yeah. Uh, tripping our way through some languages. Mm -hmm. um, the bus took off with Edwin in it when we got to our. Yeah, we got to our bus stop uh, and. I was trying, like, I wanted to let this other person go first. It took me a second to get my bag down from where it was on the bus. And I was going to try it. I asked the lady, like, how do I open the door again after it's closed? And she said something to me in Italian that I didn't understand. And then the bus just drove away. And so I had to wait till I got to the next stop and walk back to Alex and Ann. Uh, we got out with our very, bags, very silly. turned around expecting Edwin, and just saw him struggling with the door. And then... The bus in, just pulls away. In Switzerland, I take public transport literally every day, and there's like a button you push to like open the door, prompt the yeah. door to open again, in that kind of situation. But I didn't see it there. And then the, the another guy from it's like uh, said to the lady who was sitting next to me something in Italian, which based on context, I'm pretty sure he meant he's gonna have to walk. <laughs> yeah. Um, look at this, this Americano. Yeah. So that was walk. that was very funny, but uh, no, it's been nothing but fun, um, and just really nice to uh, travel and see Alex have him. Have Alex on this side of the world. Very excited. Yeah. Sean on this side of the world as well. Uh, um, who Sean, knows you'd love, Sean, you'd love it here, man. Sean would love it. Here. Be yeah. thriving. Mm -hmm. We did it. We're here, dude. Yeah. Uh, the amount of the amount of toast talk you could have here with the breads, mm -hmm. the sandwiches, the uh, Tiella is a is a like a regional pastry here, uh, which Edward, uh, I believe, mentioned in the cold open, mm -hmm. um, and uh, but it's it's kind of like a. Mix between a calzone and a quiche and a pizza. It's a pizza. It's kind of a double sided pizza, mm -hmm. um, but less saucy, a little more just ingredients. And here specifically, it's like the spinach and octopus is their like specialty. Their specialty is what they do. Mm -hmm. I hate octopus. I hate most seafoods and fish, but I'm doing okay here. There's a lot of seafood here because it's a coastal town. <laughs> There's a lot of pasta and pizza, so yeah. it's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I you know I got through Norway. I thought Norway was Norway was going to be nothing but pickled herring and canned fish, mm -hmm. and it actually uh, I, I was able to avoid it and had uh, many great meals. Um, so it's been a really nice honeymoon, and we had all that time to ourselves. So uh, having you here is just a plus. It's That's not. Nice. It's not. We do not feel like our honeymoon is. I feel, I'm it's like, enhanced. It's I'm not. like Andy. I'm going to break in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Darn. Yeah. Yeah. And even even it worked out like the apartment we're in is like two levels and we have our own That's true. We have space and bathroom and really nice so. and yeah. Two terraces. Um, but no, I'm really glad we could make it happen. Really glad we could get this episode happen. Yeah, this went way um, longer than we thought. Yeah. Before, and and before we wrap up, uh Alex, do we have any housekeeping? Oh, uh nope. <laughs> I'm on my honeymoon. Please don't call. <laughs> Bermuda Triangle. 
Um, you can catch us on, uh, you can email us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com or yeah. available on Instagram. Um, you can join our Patreon, five bucks a month, where we, uh, we, you have bonus episodes, ad-free episodes, mm-hmm. or monthly mailbag episodes. Um, and every month we make a donation to the Thurgood College, Thurgood Marshall College Fund, so you can contribute to that. Special thanks to all of our Scots Tots for supporting the show and helping us keep going. Um, special thanks to Ryan Lloyd for doing all of our artwork, for Alex and myself for doing the theme song. This episode was recorded in the Airbnb in Gaeta, Italy. Um, yes, yes, sir. sir. Thanks for listening. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.